G'day community and welcome to the JRBBL podcast. My name is Damo and joining me as he does every single week is Azza. How are you going, Azza? Fantastic, mate. It is good to be here again once for another fantastic podcast. And what a special guest we have today, Damo. Absolutely. He is very special. He is a community legend in the Supercoach world. Bryce Mitchell. How are you going, Bryce? Hi there. It's uh, it's good to make my debut on the Jock Reynolds uh, podcast and get my my baggy Jock Reynolds cap uh, today. And uh, yeah, geez, there's a lot of enthusiasm on the uh, podcast. So looking forward to, to being on the show and, and following in the footsteps of the great legend uh, Jock uh, Reynolds himself, um, who I grew up on uh, many years ago. So uh, glad to be part of the team today. Is your team anywhere near being complete, Bryce? Uh, there's been a few iterations, uh, shall we say, uh, over the last uh, how many weeks since it's been opening. But it is getting close to being finalised. Few few tweaks around the edges, just waiting for some of the uh, round one teams and lineups to come through. But um, feeling pretty good with where it's at. Although it did change a couple of times today with a um, two new players uh, added to the game and, and straight into my side. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, some replacement players and some more internationals were announced and added into Supercoach this morning or this afternoon, depending on where you are in the land. Uh, Simon Malenko, Lockie Pfeiffer, Jack Wood, Imad Wasim, uh, Andre Fletcher and Lawrence Neal-Smith and Tom Rogers all added this morning. Uh, some of them are replacements. Some of them are internationals. Which of those have been added to your team, Azza? Look, at this stage, um, none. Um, I've sort of still sitting on the side that I've been working on for a couple of weeks. I do like the looks of Andre Fletcher um, for the Stars at 138k. Um, he's obviously uh, over in New Zealand finishing up the West Indies Tour there and will be available round one, which is going to be a, a great play to have for that double game week first up. Uh, has had struggled with the bat um, early on opening, if you're looking at his um, last 10 T20 scores. But look, for it is hard to still pass him up on a double game week. He's on my radar, but not in at this stage. And Simon Malenko, I, I like that pickup by the Heat. I think that's um, a good, healthy, all-rounder pickup to have. I mean, we've seen him play 10 games last year for the Hurricanes. Didn't do too greatly, but I mean, if he's got the opportunity there and if he um, gets on in into that place where you think he might be able to score well, he's worth considering for sure. And Bryce, uh, you said you've picked up two of them. Which two did you pick up? Uh, so I've done a total rehaul of my uh, wicketkeeper positions. I brought in both of the wicketkeepers that were added today. So I've got good old Lockie uh, Pfeiffer. Uh, it's probably going to be called Lockie Wiggle throughout the uh, the season, but he's uh, into my uh, backup keeper spot as a cheap 42k uh, loophole player. Um, he'll be joining the Heat, uh, who have a good loophole uh, player draw. Uh, and I also have added Fletcher uh, into the on-field position uh, for the Stars with the double game week. First up, reasonable price, um, gets a couple of cracks at it. Uh, so yeah, hopefully he goes well for the stars, uh, and then I can transition him to uh, other wicket keepers um, uh, throughout the season. So yeah, both of those came in as soon as they were added for me. And um, just wanted to ask you there, Bryce, what was your sort of reasoning picking someone like Lockie Pfeiffer over a Baxter Holt? Was it that uh, 
um, the number of heat games that finished the rounds, or was it uh, another reason? Yeah, purely on the uh, the time in the round that uh, the heat play. Uh, so they um, uh, don't play the first game until game week uh, 12. Um, and then uh, I guess from round four onwards, which is when you need to use the loophole most, uh, they have, um, so this is going from round four onwards, they have the third game, the third game, the third game, the second game, the second game, fourth game, fifth game, second game, first game, second game. So that's a pretty good run. You can probably use him for loopholing um, uh, bench scores um, or your vice captain uh, loophole. Uh, whereas for the, uh, what was the other team, the Thunder um, that Baxter Holt uh, plays for, from round four onwards, they have the first game, second game, first game, second game, first game, mm -hmm. third, fourth, fourth, third, first, first. So a lot more early games in the round, which isn't good for a non-playing player. Um, so yeah, straight, went straight to uh, the new fella, Lockie, um, to uh, hopefully get better loophole um, uh, draws and, and be able to bank in on some nice vice-captain scorns throughout the season. Azza, did you watch the ODIs? I may have. I can see where you're going to go with this, but please, ask away. Bryce, did you watch the ODIs? Uh, they're long games. I did watch uh, bits and pieces, but uh, uh, eight hours a day of cricket uh, when you're trying to work is a little bit difficult. But yeah, pick, picked on the scores uh, here and there. Why? What, what's the news going on with the ODIs? Uh, Azza, do you want to tell us your backflip? <laughs> <sighs> yep. Um, Glenn Maxwell, hey. Uh, what, a, what a guy. So, yes, I have been very vocal on this podcast about Glenn Maxwell, about how he has not been in my side, uh, even to the point last week where you know we saw that first performance and I thought, well, maybe I'll consider him as a bench player and loop him in because I'm still not, <laughs> still not sure about his form. But, oh, man, three games and huge scores. Um, I posted up on, on my um, Twitter feed last night about his scores, um, scoring 115, 160 and 96 super coach points in those three ODI matches. Yeah, look, I am backflipping. He's in my side. Um, it's hard not to ignore those performances on home field. Um, we can't ignore them now. He's in, he's in my side and I'll be talking him up now probably for the next few weeks. Um, but I tell you what, if he has that one bad game, oh, he's going to be in trouble in my side. But yep, it's hard to swallow. It's a hard pill to swallow, but no, Maxwell is in. He's one of those players that can impact quite a lot in a small amount of overs, whether he's bowling or he's batting. So he really is someone who you don't need a lot out of in terms of time on field. He just needs to do a lot with the time that he has on the field, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we see that in his batting that um, you look at the um, strike rate that he has. It was absolutely phenomenal. And when he came, he changed the game. And with that high scoring rate, especially in this year with Supercoach, you're going to be getting that huge extra bonus points. Um, and if he scores higher than 50, then obviously he's going to be getting some extra bonus points there too. So he's a very damaging player and has been for such a long time. And if he plays as well as he has in the ODIs, he is going to be a very uh, good player for Supercoach and one that you just can't miss out on. Is he a captain yet, Azza? 
not just yet, but look, if um, he does happen to put two good games together in round one, then I might decide to put him as captain from there on inwards because, uh, as we know, Stoinis has probably um, picked up a bit of an injury that's going to impact his performance in round one and maybe going forward. I mean, we saw it last year with Stoinis carrying an injury all through the BBL season, wasn't up to his previous year's bests. But uh, he's, again, Stoinis is still a damaging player. And yeah, Maxwell, if he does put those performances together, it's going to be hard not to, to captain him. But I, I mean, round two, Darcy Short's going to be the one for me, obviously with that double game week. But not just yet, Bryce, but maybe. Look out. Wait for the T20 games to roll through. And then uh, I think that will make your decision for you. That's very true. You spoke, of, you spoke about Marcus Stoinis picking up an injury. Given that the Stars' first two games are at Marnica Oval uh, and it's more of a batter's pitch than a than a sorry a bowler's pitch than a batter's pitch, could you not select him and be okay, Bryce? Um, I, I mean, I guess uh, Marcus Stoinis uh, is uh, priced at what he averaged last year, in which he was able to. Get most of his points uh, from his bat. Uh, he wasn't wasn't bowling last season, so it'll be a similar story uh, this year. Um, I don't read too much into pitches, um, uh, kind of game to game. Um, so I don't know how the pitch will play when it reaches uh, his game. I think that could be starting to overthink. I think you, I, I will still be starting in my side. If you wanted to take him on, um, you need to think about how 180K is invested in your side and whether you can um, find someone who can match Marcus Stoinis over two games. Um, if you think that someone else can beat that, um, yeah, um, at least um, you might want to give it a go. But uh, he's so dangerous with the bat, he could really uh, hurt you in, in two games if he actually gets um, get started and has actually been uh, batting really well um, through uh, from last season in the BBL and also through IPL. So um, monitor him um, the next couple of games if he gets uh, an Australian gig with a T20 side. Uh, but at this stage, for me, I'm I'm certainly uh, keeping him my side. And he's made us really think about the the captaincy for for round one and the double game week. Um, uh, most people probably had him as a, as the default captain uh, for, for round one, but now it really makes us think, do we, uh, do we back him and his, and so, uh, solely his batting? Um, or do we uh, look at other options like Maxwell or, or maybe one of the other stars that have a double game week or, or maybe uh, one of the single game week players? What about you, Azza? What are you, what are you thinking with, uh, with Stoinis? and um, possible captaincy. Yeah, look, I think for me, it's um, the, the captaincy. At the moment, I'm leaning towards Adam Zampa. Uh, I loved his performances in the, the ODI series. Um, very consistent in the way he bowls. And obviously, if he's going to be taking a number of wickets like we saw in that first game, then he is going to be um, very much up in the, the top position of scoring for the first round. And I think that's going to be a little bit of a pod as well too because with so many Stars players that are going to be playing in most teams, um, we've seen some teams that have uh, four, seven, or even some people have talked about having an entire team of Stars just to be able to maximise their scoring. Uh, I don't particularly like that, but I think 
in terms of the players that you really want to look at is probably the likes of, as you mentioned, Adam Zampa, Glenn Maxwell, or Max, um, or Mark Stoinis. The injury, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a unknown at the moment, but we do know that it did uh, didn't impact him too much uh, last season. He still pulled out some massive scores. Whether you um, want to take him on, I guess it's a, up to you. I mean, again, um, as Damo mentioned, pitches um, could be a concern. Um, I probably might decide to go against him and look for that spinner that does really well at Monica Oval, um, as in Adam Samper. But at this stage, I'm going to wait to see what uh, happens in the uh, upcoming T20 matches before I make that final call. Yeah, and we look at players' form leading into the competition quite closely because we want to make sure that the players are in form, but we also know that good form can come out of nowhere and bad form can come out of nowhere. And that's why you've got to keep in mind not just players' injuries or how they perform in these ODIs or these T20s, but also what they've done in the past in the same competition, in the same sort of format, facing these players that they sometimes play with. Yeah, and I mean, um, form's a really good one to to speak about because of um, it's probably a good lead in to talk about uh, players in the other competitions around the country, um, with the likes of the WA Premier League, uh, Cricket New South Wales T Twenty Cup. Um, there's been some really good form and some players to to watch in there too. Ones that have really um, sort of come onto my radar, the likes of uh, Chris Oliver Davies scored a, a century um, in quick in quick succession and Chris Green's always been on my side who also scored um, a 50 and took a, took a wicket in last week's T20 cup. Uh, also the likes of um, Ben Darst wishes uh, and Hilton Cartwright as well too, are ones to really, that I've been keeping a sort of bit of a closer eye on and the likes of the players that we haven't seen uh, last year and Jason Berendorf. Uh, he also is um, back bowling and he's only priced 120,000 and he's uh, took one for 33 or four overs and also scored 32 runs in the Premier Cricket for WA. He's going to probably be a good uh, pod to, to consider, um, especially to, with the, at that price. I think there's probably not going to be many people looking at him um, and looking at, at others around that price. Maybe forget about him. So probably one to consider. And um, again, probably one to also keep an eye on form in this coming weekend. Some more players that have been in good form um, in the first grade competitions are um, Jack Wildermuth. He scored 85 off 35 balls and bowled four overs for only 21 runs. He didn't get a wicket, but he kept the run rate really low. Um, and then he went uh, one wicket for 33 runs from four overs in another game um, and 35 from 23 balls. So he's one with dual position, basement price, who could line up early for the heat or even line up throughout the year in a permanent spot. So he's one to definitely consider. And then there's Chris Lynn. Yeah. 154 of 55 balls, 26s. Where was the game played? Was it played at a school? School <laughs> oval? No, soccer oval. I played one. I played on a soccer oval in pub cricket um, one year, and I tell you what, there is just sixes galore on that. Um, and yeah, I think obviously we can take a bit into this from Lynn, but looking at his form, um, just 
over the last year. And look, I know I talk about form with Glenn Maxwell and then this happens, but um, it is something to really keep an eye out with Lynn. I mean, we've been sort of burnt by him in the past, teasing us a little bit with pre-season form where he scores such a huge score in Premier Cricket and then falters in the first few rounds in BBL Supercoach. You can you can pick him with some confidence, but also I'd still be keeping an eye out on him. He's the leading BBL run scorer, but in probably not the best of form of late. So up to up to you if you want to pick him. I personally won't be. Um, is he in your side, Bryce? Um, I don't think that Chris Lynn has been in any of my drafts um, this preseason. Uh, he's priced at 130, which for Chris Lynn seems pretty cheap based on prices he's been in, in previous seasons. Um, that price is, um, we, we use this term priced at average, and what it means is um, what he needs to score in order to maintain his price. So that's the score that you expect when you pay that amount. So his price at average is 46. So what you need him to score in order to get the value from him is, is 46 each game. Um, he's, he's going to have uh, big scores, he's going to have low scores, but I think um, over the course of the season, that 46 seems about right. Um, when I look at my starting team, I like to either be targeting double game week players or players that have value. Um, for me, I don't know whether Chris Lynn represents huge value, and I expect him to be scoring around the 46 mark, and so uh, for that reason, he's one that I've left out of my side um, at this stage, if he scores another 150 off 50 balls at another uh, school ground or even a full-size cricket ground, um, I might reconsider. But at this stage, it's not one that I'm uh, going to be starting with. And that's the problem with uh, selecting specialist batsmen is they'll either score you nothing or they'll score you everything. And um, I guess it comes down to how many specialist batters do you need in your team ever to start with eventually because Aaron Finch has been in good form in the ODIs. Um, he's been a high scorer in the past. He usually does pretty well in the T20 format. Is he one that you need to look to get in or do you need to get in any of the specialist batsmen at all? I've got a pretty pretty strong view on the uh, specialist batsmen. Um, not going to bowl. Um, maybe they're uh, behind the stumps, but they get the most of their points from batting. With the change of scoring, um, it, it changes it again. Um, and uh, I guess I'll talk through um, my reasoning for not uh, targeting specialist batsmen. Um, you, what, what happens with batsmen is you, you make one bad decision and you could be out, um, or you could face a really top delivery um, and get out early. So you, you get, um, you basically get whatever score you've got at that point and, and that's it. You can make a mistake as a bowler and you get hit for a four, but you can actually recover and get a couple of wickets after that. So for, for batsmen, you, you, if you're going to select a batsman, you, you need the, the, the best batsmen there are, and you need ones that are consistent. Um, and for that's, reason, that's one of the reasons I don't like Lynn. So if I, if I am targeting specialist batsmen, I like to go for the, the real creme de creme, or ones that have two games um, in, in, in one round. So the types of special, specialist batsmen that I do like are people like like Finch and, and Marsh and Kawaja, ones that really have the stroke play, they know how to put the ball around. And really what you need this season is you need to hit the 21, the, the 20 run mark. Uh, that's the point at which you get the strike rate bonus. There's no bonuses for fours, there's no bonuses for sixes. 
Um, there's no bonus for um, having more runs than balls when uh, when you get out. It's all about getting to that 20 run mark. And so they're the types of batman, batsmen that I want in my team, the ones that consistently get above 20 runs. And they're the type of people that I want to be targeting uh, as specialist batsmen. So uh, over the first six rounds, um, I'll be targeting uh, players like from the Gades, I'll be targeting uh, people like Finch and Marsh. Um, for the Canes, I probably like the look of Ingram if he bats high in the order, um, or from the Strikers, because I have the double game week um, too early on. Um, I like Salt, Weatherall and Renshaw. Uh, but generally, looking to have um, mostly all-rounders in my batting spots, and my current side actually has no specialist batsmen uh, at all uh, at the moment. What about you, Azza? What's your what's your view on this? Yeah, look, I'm with you there. Echo those sentiments. Um, if we look at the averages from last season, we can see in the top 50 that there was only five or six pure batsmen that um, were in there. Otherwise, the rest were either wicket keepers or bat bowlers or pure bowlers. And I know it's something that I have touched about in previous podcasts and in the um, article, and as you've mentioned, Bryce, that the new scoring system doesn't favour the batsmen as much as we had hoped. Um, it's really going to impact on those players like uh, Chris Lynn, Aaron Finch, Bo Webster, but at least you're going to probably get some opportunities with some uh, other players that'll come in. But for me, yes, I'm still going with bat bowlers all the way or pure bowlers that I know are going to be taking those wickets. I still will probably lock in the likes of Aaron Finch on a double game week um, and also the likes of uh, Bo Webster now that he's bowling in a double game week. Probably not going to be picking someone like you know Jonathan Wells um, straight up, but in those double, double game weeks, they are very hard not to pick. But I think... You, at the same time, you do want some balance to your side. You can have bat bowlers you know, all the way through, but maybe that's not going to work. Yes, you're going to have that level of flexibility, but you're probably going to be missing out on those players like Aaron Finch we talked about, uh, who is incredibly damaging and has been in great form of late. And I think you can definitely start with him. Uh, you definitely don't need to start with him, but... I think it's just going to be up to the individual to choose um, whether you like him at that price. I personally don't. Uh, I think a lot of the batsmen are very overpriced. I probably think Chris Lynn is about 20 grand overpriced what he should be, um, given with the new scoring system, which will mean he's going to have a bit of a higher break even um, than we would have liked. But it then does give you an opportunity to maybe pick him up on the cheap before his double game week to consider him. Really, really valuable insights there. I sort of forgot I was hosting a podcast then and was more just learning. And it was really great from both of you. Um, is there any merit to picking someone like a opening batsman, like a Hilton Cartwright in a double game week? I guess you guys already touched on that, but is he someone that he, he sometimes will open with Stoinis and... You can, do you now consider Stoinis as a specialist batsman given his injury? Yeah, definitely. And I think um, Hilton Cartwright's a very interesting one. I think he's uh, at a good price. And if he does happen to open, then he's going to be hard not to pick because 
we do really want to be targeting those players that are going to be opening the batting to have to maximize that scoring versus you don't want to be picking someone who's probably batting five or six or seven and unlikely to get um, any bowling in versus, you know, you want to be picking somebody that can bowl four overs and also have the opportunity to, to bat as, and make as many runs as possible. They're the ones that are most valuable. And especially uh, even players like Muhammad Nabi, Ben Cutting, as we mentioned in previous podcasts, they might be still batting down the order a bit, but these new rules as well might come into play and really help boost their scores even further with the uh, option of either being the player that is going to be taking on those two extra overs uh, of power play, or if they're going to be ones that are really going to be pushing hard to um, get that bonus point for their team. So those are really going to be some players to watch out for. Um, you, opening batsmen are ones you want to target. Otherwise, yes, you want to be targeting those players that are going to be bowling and batting and maximising your scores. Yeah, for me, um, the the only time that I'm targeting a specialist batsman is in the lead up to their double game week. Uh, and I may uh, take them uh, one or two weeks before their double game week. So I've got kind of uh, two, three, four, five games to actually get their average, their true average um, over that period, rather than kind of relying on just two games to get um, the points. Um, so yeah, if they have two good games and three bad games, they can kind of balance each other out over the five games. But if you kind of take just a specialist batsman for that double game week, um, you're kind of relying on just those two games, in which case they might fail in both. Um, but yeah, I guess getting back to the point, um, specialist batsmen, um, at least target him for the double game week, in which case you get kind of two bites at the cherry to try and get um, uh, their average kind of price that um, score um, over the two games, put it in the bank, move on, um, move on to the, uh, start moving them on to the next player that's got the, uh, the double game week. And that's pretty much my strategy throughout the season is to, to cycle through the very best players that are going to have double game weeks um, and try and get uh, the best scores um, from those, um, those rounds. Fantastic. Uh, Azza, do you have anything else to add? Look, I think obviously what we um, have been talking about earlier is that obviously we've only got uh, a week left to go and this is when you really start want to focusing on what your team's going to be looking like. There has been obviously some more announcements coming through. You're going to be keeping an eye out on that and we'll be bringing that information to you uh, as it happens. Similarly with the, um, the upcoming T20 series with India as well, we'll be following that quite closely and bringing you those super coach scores afterwards after those games happen. Keep an eye on those forms. Also keep an eye out on the um, the other form in the local leagues as well too, just to get a bit of an eye on how now players are travelling uh, and that'll really dictate how your, uh, your team is going to look. And if anyone has any questions, I'm sure they already know that they can reach out to any of us in the Jock Reynolds team on Twitter. And look, even uh, if you're not following him already, you definitely should be uh, Bryce Mitchell, um, is on Twitter, uh, as we all know. If you're not following him, please do. I'm sure he'll be able to also answer any of your questions. And if you're not in any of his chats or leagues too, um, better better do that now because they're closing fast. Thank you for joining us today, Bryce. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, you certainly uh, find me around uh, on Twitter uh, with uh, various uh, fixture analysis 
Um, we've got one up for um, helping you plan and navigate through uh, the double game weeks, um, knowing when the, uh, the international games are being held. Uh, so that's one of the uh, spreadsheets I have up on Twitter. I also have a, a loophole uh, fixture analysis to work out when the teams are playing in each round to, to hopefully try and take advantage of, of using loopholes for uh, vice captaincy and, and bench uh, loopholes. Um, I'm also planning to put out a uh, international player availability um, fixture. Um, so you can see there was a couple of announcements today and there's players arriving before and after Christmas and going off to Nepal and up back to Ireland and, and, and all types of uh, various availabilities. So I plan to put that up uh, soon on Twitter to, to help everyone navigate uh, through the season. It's um, certainly a lot different to, uh, to AFL uh, Supercoach where um, most players are available for the full season and there's only a small buy period. But yeah, this BBL fixture is, is quite complex and, and the way you actually do well is, is um, by planning and um, uh, navigating through in order to kind of maximise uh, number of um, players in double game weeks uh, and therefore um, maximising uh, points um, and finally seeking uh, value where there is some and, and riding break even. So it's it's pretty complex business, but um, thanks for uh, for having me on the show um, and uh, it was good to, to finally make my debut. I'll, uh, I'll throw it back to you, uh, Damo. Thank you so much. Uh, you always have valuable pieces of information available to everyone really you really do use your time to help the greater supercoach community and we all thank you for that and i don't think you get enough thanks for it to be honest and um you definitely deserve a couple beers from everyone who's ever used any of your tables or information that you've shared or even been in any of your leagues that you have set up so thank you for all of that um i think we're going to wrap it up there thank you so much for joining me again this week as we've already said thank you to Bryce. Um, follow us on social media at Jock Reynolds for the uh, Jock Reynolds Twitter, uh, at DamoSC for my personal Twitter, and at As a Jewel for Azza's Twitter. 